Welcome to the Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church Podcast, your place for positive, uplifting messages of hope. You can learn more about us at fredericksdachurch.org. Now here's Robert Quintana with part two of his series, Come Holy Spirit. You know, I get it. I really do. I really get it. I understand how hard it can be for you, for I, to share your faith. I understand. I've, I've, I've heard many reasons. I use some of those reasons myself. I'm not in the mood. I don't feel like it. Uh, maybe I, I don't know enough. Maybe if I understood Scripture a little bit better. Yeah, I get it. I go through the same struggles. It's hard for us to sometimes share our faith. What are they going to say? I'm really good friends. Maybe they don't want to be bothered by it. You know, they're busy right now. They're not interested in what I have to say. And even though there are times in life where we feel impressed Uh, We get a feeling, an emotion. Sometimes the Holy Spirit speaks to us and says to us, reach out, share what I've done in your life or share with that person, with that individual, with that group, share with your family member my story of redeeming mankind back. We sometimes push it aside and say, maybe next time. Maybe next week, uh, I'll call the pastor and, and tell him that there's this family in my neighborhood that really needs to know about Christ, and I'll have the pastor go and visit with them. I get it. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes we don't feel like it. Coming back from a trip, flying into BWI, I got on the plane, 13A. I took my seat. And I'm thinking to myself, man, I really don't want to have to talk. I'm tired. It's been a long day. I hope I don't sit next to someone who, you know, wants to talk the whole flight. And you can usually tell pretty quickly if somebody is a talker or not. And they sit down and, how are you? Immediately. Ugh. I'm in for it, aren't I? The next two and a half hours. Where are you going? Oh, just going home. Where do you live? Boonesboro. Boonesboro? Where's Boonesboro? It's just past Frederick. Frederick, I've been to Frederick 20 years ago. It's changed a lot, hasn't it? Yep, it has changed a lot. And I'm thinking, please don't ask me what I do for a living. Because I know once they ask me, So what do you do for a living? I'm a pastor. A pastor? What church? Seventh-day Adventist. Seventh-day Adventist? I've never heard of the Seventh-day Adventist church. What do you guys believe? I get it. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes we don't want to. We come up with all kinds of excuses why we shouldn't share our faith. There's an epidemic that's sweeping America, an epidemic of obesity. I don't mean about putting on physical weight. No, I mean spiritual obesity. 
In fact, I've been saying this for some time now that one of these days I'm going to get around to writing a book entitled Spiritual Obesity because we've become really good at consuming religion. We've become really good at going to church and feed me, feed me. I want to know more. I want to study more. Did you hear the latest sermon? Did you hear the latest net series? Did you hear about what's going on? I want more. I want more. And we never exercise our faith, spiritual obesity. We sit on our hands and we say, I want more. Tell me more. And we've gotten spiritually overweight. I get it. It's hard. There's all kinds of excuses why that we use why we shouldn't share our faith or why we can't share our faith. I don't have time. It's just go, go, go all the time. What if I was to tell you That there is a key, a secret, there is a power that we can plug into that will help us to overcome this fear or this attitude of not sharing our faith. Would you be excited if I told you that there is something that you can plug into? There is a key, a secret, there is an ingredient that, that you can, that you can start inviting into your life that will help you share your faith wherever you are. Doesn't matter what time of day. It doesn't matter if you're tired. It doesn't matter if you're hungry. It doesn't matter. There's a power source that you can tune into that will help you share your faith wherever you are. You might be saying, well, pastor, I'm not the upfront type of person. I'm more of a behind the scenes. What if I was to tell you that there is a power source that you can plug into that will help you overcome that fear? Well, I don't have the time. What if I was to tell you that there is a power source that you can plug into that can help you find the time to share your faith? Well, pastor, I don't know enough. Well, what if I was to tell you that there is a power source that you can plug into that can will give you the wisdom, the knowledge that you need, the words to speak to share your faith? I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 8, verse 14, Romans chapter 8, verse 14. I'm reading from the New King James Version today, Romans chapter 8, 14. It says here, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons, and I'm going to add daughters, of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons and daughters of God. So how many of us here today want to be called sons and daughters of God? Let me see your hands. Sons and daughters of God. There's everyone here. Maybe you didn't raise your hand because you're like, Pastor, that's a no-brainer, of course. I want to be called the son and daughter of God. We all want to be sons and daughters of God. The Bible says that if you're a son, if you are a daughter of God, you will be led 
by the Spirit. You will be led by the Spirit. Now, I have to admit to you, I do not know how this works. I don't know how it works all the time. It just happens. I know from personal experience that the Holy Spirit leads and guides you. And at times, the Holy Spirit puts words in your mouth to speak. I don't know how it happens. I just know it does. And every time it happens, I walk away going, "Woo, man, that was awesome. Praise God. Give glory to him. But I don't know how it happens. I don't. You know, when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus late at night and he was saying to him, Nicodemus, you need to be baptized by water, but also you need to be baptized by the spirit. You need to be born again. Nicodemus was having a hard time understanding this. And Jesus himself says, it's a little hard to get, I know. You hear the wind come, but you don't know from where it's coming and, and you really don't know where it's going. I know the Holy Spirit leads. I know the Holy Spirit guides. I know the Holy Spirit put words in your mouth. And and it's a little hard to define exactly how it happens every time. But I know it does. Just this week, I was driving to church and I was headed on 15 South. And you know that that intersection, um, it, it gets a little tricky, the exit when you're trying to get off there to get on to Jefferson. You have the Golden Mile exit coming on to 15 South, and sometimes it gets a little congested in that area as people are trying to, to switch lanes, cross over. Gets a little tricky, right? Well, I was all the way on the left lane, and, and I'm trying to make my way over to the right lane to get my exit, and before I knew it, I passed the exit. No one would let me in. And I'm thinking to myself, what kind of world are we living in where no one, I've, I've had my blinker on all the way, and maybe they thought I was, maybe I, they thought I just had my blinker stuck or something. I don't know. I'm thinking to myself, I'm rerouting, you know, recalculating in my head really quick. You know, where do I go? What do I do? And so I think, all right, I'll just get off at the next exit on 270 South, get off on 85 there by Westview um, Plaza there, and then just come in the back way. And so I'm driving down the road, and I kid you not, I get distracted distracted, which hardly ever happens to me on the road. Heather can testify. I hardly ever get distracted as far as missing an exit. I miss the exit. I'm thinking to myself, what are you thinking? I mean, what is going on? So immediately in my mind, I'm thinking recalculating. And so I get off on the the very next exit. I think I might have cut someone off, but so I'm, I'm going around the loop now, headed towards the mall, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, do I do a U-turn or do I go all the way down to Walmart, you know, that, and go the back way, or do I get back on 70? I'm, I'm thinking of how am I going to get to church, and I see a stalled car, the hazard's on, and so I slow down pull off, and as I'm passing the car, there's a couple with a child that's walking away from the car. And I think to myself, I bet that's their car. They just got stranded. So I bring the car to the stop. I roll down the window. I said, is that your car back there? The guy says, yeah, we just ran out of gas. 
I said, hop on in. So they jump in the car. A beautiful family. A beautiful baby boy. We drive to the gas station. I say, I'll wait for you here. Oh, you don't need to do that. No, no, I'll wait for you here. Go get your gas. I'll take you back. They run in. They get a gas can. They fill it up. They hop back in the car, and I take them back to the car. They were so thankful, so grateful. Before they left, I took out a card, and I said, here you go. For whatever it's worth, I drive away. And I think to myself, did the Holy Spirit just do that? Like, did the Holy Spirit just in a weird, funky way just just make it happen so that you know, there's too much traffic at the first exit and then he distracts me so I missed my second exit so that I now have an opportunity to plant a seed. I'm not sure I understand how the Holy Spirit works. I just know that when you surrender your life to God, he leads and he guides in miraculous, marvelous ways. There are some of you here today that can testify to that. There are some of you here today that look back two, three years and and you would say of your life now, you would say, I cannot believe I am sitting here in church today. If you would have asked me three years ago where I would be today, there is no way that I would have said I'd be in church or I'd be a deacon, or I'd be an elder, or I'd be serving, or I'd be helping out with prayer ministry. But the Holy Spirit's at work. The Holy Spirit is leading and guiding in marvelous ways, leading in your life. And I'm telling you that when you surrender your life to God, When you surrender your life to him, you begin to hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you and asking you, I need you now to share your faith. I need you to reach out. I need someone to go knock on the door. I need someone to just step out in faith and share the good news. Of Jesus Christ. I want to look at a story in Scripture, one of my favorite characters in in all of Scripture. I'd like for you to turn to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2. What a remarkable story here. I cannot wait till I have an opportunity to sit down with Peter and just ask him, What was it like to walk on water? What was it like? Those days after Jesus rose from the dead and went up to heaven, and what was it like? I just, I look forward to that day. Acts chapter 2. I need to remind you that not too many days before this, Peter had denied Christ. Peter had spent some time with Christ, and he'd seen many things. He'd seen many miracles. But when it came down to really stand up, for his faith to really stand up for Jesus Christ, he failed miserably. In some ways, we fail miserably in our day-to-day. 
You know, we may not put it in the same context and say, no, I would, I would never deny you. But every time we grieve the Holy Spirit, just every time we, we get a, a, that tug on our hearts, that every time we, we sense that the Holy Spirit is calling us to knock on our neighbor's door or to reach out to a family member, or every time the Holy Spirit is, is leading us and calls us and we say no, we are in essence rejecting Christ as Peter did on that night that Christ was arrested. But here we are now post-cross. Here we are now post-resurrection. Here we are now post-Christ ascension back to heaven. And the promised comforter, the helper, advocate as John calls him, the Holy Spirit has fallen on the disciples and the apostles. And this is what we read in Acts chapter 2 Verse 14. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my maidservant and on my maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath. Blood and fire and vapor of smoke, the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, I doubt that Peter had a scroll on him. I doubt that he took out the scroll of Joel It was there. And the Holy Spirit empowered him. The Holy Spirit gave him the words. And he spoke with boldness. It's a fascinating story as he continues on speaking to the people who were there. A powerful sermon. A powerful presentation of the gospel story. He goes on and he keeps on sharing with them what Jesus Christ has done. Let's pick it up here in verse 38. It says that then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now listen to verse 39. I love verse 39. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off as many as the Lord our God will call. Amen. 
the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, the power that we can plug into, the Holy Spirit has been given to you. He is made available to all of us. We cannot say, oh, that's Peter. That's just one of his disciples, an apostle, someone favored by God. No. If you are a son, if you are a daughter, you are led by the Spirit. You have access to that power. You have access to plug into that power so that you too can speak like Peter just did, with boldness, with no fear. Let's read a few more passages here. We're going to kind of skip around. Uh, Chapter 3, verse 11. It says, Now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. After he talked and after he preached and after he shared the gospel story, He was going to the temple, and there was a man sitting there, lame, crippled, couldn't walk. We find out later in the story that this man was over 40 years old, so he had been there for a very, very long time. And you might remember the story that that Peter and John are going to the temple, and the man sitting there says to them, can you give me some money? Can you give me some owls? I, I, need, I need to be able to purchase food. I need to earn a living. And Peter looks to him and says, silver or gold, I do not have to give you. But in the name of Jesus Christ, rise. So now this man's running around. He's leaping everywhere. He's ecstatic. Can you imagine all his life? Crippled, lame, couldn't walk. And now for the first time in his life, running around, leaping, just excited. (laughs) No wonders he held on to Peter and John. All the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. So when Peter saw it, He responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant, Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to be let go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murder to be granted to you and killed the Prince of Life whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses, and in boldness, filled with the Holy Spirit, he teaches and preaches the gospel story, the good news. Quite a different picture from what we see when he was denying Christ, when he was running away with his tail tucked between his legs. Not this time. No. He is now a son of the risen Savior, And there is no one that is going to shut him up. 
And there are no circumstances, there isn't a scenario that he will not share what Christ has done for him. It doesn't matter if he's in the temple, in the sanctuary, in church. It doesn't matter if he's at the grocery store, at the marketplace. It doesn't matter where he's at, he is going to share what Jesus Christ has done for him and through him. Continue, continue reading here. It's an amazing story. People are being baptized left and right as a result of his testimony. Thousands are coming into the church. And the religious leaders, those that uh, were sitting on their faith, those that have lost sight of what church is really all about, those that had lost sight of God's plan for us, humanity, those that had lost sight of what God wants for us in, 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 in treating one another, well, they weren't too happy with what Peter was doing. And so we read in chapter 4, verse 1, Now as they spoke to the people, the priest, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead, and they laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to be about 5,000. So they're arrested. They're thrown into jail. There they are for professing their faith. I'm going to ask Peter, do you regret doing what you did? I mean, you spent the night in prison. What do you think he'll say? Absolutely not. And if I had to do it over again, I would. Are you willing to pay the price? Are you willing to surrender self? Are you willing to say, you know what, if Christ has done so much for me, then the least I can do is just tell others what he's done for me. I remember reading on a bulletin board in my dorm room at Southern once, he loved you enough to die for you. Let's love him enough to live for him. Going on one of my trips to El Salvador, I uh, went like this. I was at the airport, and I was like, oh, I forgot my wedding ring. And I don't like traveling without my wedding band on. And what am I going to do? What am I going to do? So I started going up and down the the airport, seeing if I can find one of these little kiosks that sell like cheap little rings, you know. I know. And I found one for fifteen, fourteen ninety-nine. And it says, He died for me. I live for him. He died for me. I live for him. You see, 
He doesn't say, good luck. (laughs) He doesn't say, have at it. Tell me how it goes. I expect the report. No, he's too good for that. We have the Holy Spirit. We have power that we can plug into. The Holy Spirit leads and guides us. And when the time is right, when, when, it, when, it, when it all comes together, the Holy Spirit gives you the words that you need to speak. You can continue reading the story there, maybe this afternoon. Uh, they get all upset. They get uh, frustrated. In verse 8, when they're questioning Peter and John about the whole ordeal of them preaching in the name of Jesus Christ, verse 8 says this, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you. Boldness. Oh, man. That's good stuff. I hope to have that same boldness someday. I hope it's your desire to have that boldness someday. There's power available to us. We just need to accept it by faith and trust. You might be asking, I hear you, Pastor. It's good stuff, but where do I start? Seems a little overwhelming, doesn't it? Are you just asking me to to just go out and just talking to people at random? I mean, really? Do you think, would Jesus do that? Well, yeah, actually. I mean, are you really just asking me to just go into the office and and the co-worker just kind of share with them what God has done in my life? Should I just go and just... Just share with, with him or her, with the church that I go to, and invite them to come to church next week? Is that what you're really asking me to do? If the Holy Spirit is impressing in your mind and in your heart, and again, I'm not even sure how it all happens. I just know it happens. But if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, And saying, I need you to pray with so-and-so. I need you to reach out to so-and-so. I need you to knock on your neighbor's door. I need you to stop for a moment and listen. I need you to, to write a check and help them. If the Holy Spirit is impressing on your mind, on your heart, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Step out in faith and act on it. And this is, this is my, my suggestion to you. Okay, so maybe you don't want to go all out, but start small. Start with something that you know you can handle. The Bible tells us if you're faithful in the little things, you'll be faithful in the big things. 
So, so start small. I'm not asking you to come up here and preach. I'm not asking you to stand before thousands. The Holy Spirit is impressing on your mind, on your heart, to step out in faith, to help someone, to reach out to someone. Then do so. Plug into that power. Put yourself in a position where you can see God work. Put yourself in a position where you can see God work. I get it. It's hard sometimes. I understand. And and I'm not quite sure I understand how it works. I just know it does. Last week, I was sitting in school board. I just heard before going into school board that, that Charlie Bird wasn't feeling very well. They were thinking that his time might be coming to an end. I went to school board and I thought to myself, you know what? I'll visit him first thing in the morning. I'm here at school board. There's school board business or school business that I need to attend to. And about halfway through the meeting, I'm sitting there. It's about 7.40, 7.45. I get this impression that I need to go visit Charlie. We're right in the middle of our agenda. We're going over some important stuff. I'll go in the morning. I get the impression. You need to go see Charlie. So I lean over to Linda, who was sitting to my right, and I said, Linda, I said, I'm going to head up to Thurmont and visit with Charlie. She says, oh, good, good. She looks at her clock and she says, well, you better hurry because they close at 8 And she says, well, you know, they'll let you in. They'll let you in. You're you're his pastor. I said, all right. So I get in the car. I head up there. I get there just as Donnie, his son, and his wife are leaving. And, oh, pastor, I'm so happy that you're here. I'm so so grateful that you're here. Come on in. Come on in. I got there around 830. We We went back to the room. We spent a beautiful time. There in Charlie's room, we talked, we shared stories together. Donnie shared with me some of his memories of dad. We had an opportunity to hold hands and pray. And and one of the most touching things I've seen in a long, long time, Donnie leans over and he's kind of rubbing his dad on the shoulder, caressing his hair. Charlie tries to open his eyes a little bit, and, and Charlie says, and Donnie says to him, he says, it's going to be okay, Dad. He says, I'm, I'm fine. He says, Mom's fine. We're all here. We're, we're all going to make it. It's all good. And we had a prayer together, and I left. First thing in the morning, I get a text that Charlie had passed away at 1130. That night, just a couple hours after I had left. I'm not sure how it works. I'm not sure how the Spirit leads and guides and impresses. Maybe it's through a dream, maybe it's through a vision, 
Maybe it's through a feeling, an emotion, but the Holy Spirit is speaking to us to reach out. He is speaking to us to, to, to lend a hand, to speak words of encouragement. We need not be spiritually obese. We can exercise our faith. And when the Holy Spirit calls us to reach out, let's step out in faith, knowing that as he did with Peter and as he's done with so many through the centuries, he will do through you. He will do through me. He will do through this church. No matter where you are in your spiritual journey, Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church would love to help you along the way. We are a family-oriented, grace-filled church serving the Frederick, Maryland area. You can learn more about us at fredericksdachurch.org. For more podcasts, click the sermon audio link 